Welcome into the Red Sox Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Still a lot of housekeeping items here for the Red Sox as they are well into their offseason and the World Series is just about complete. And let's bring in Sean McAdam of the Boston Sports Journal here to talk about some of the things the Red Sox need to do. And first and foremost, they need a manager, Sean. They need a lot of things, but they need a manager. And they are well down the road here and having talked to some candidates, and we do have a lot of names and uh, uh, people we think they're interested in. Where does a managerial search stand right now? Yeah, obviously, John, this is step one of what is going to be a very busy offseason. Until you have a manager in place, it's hard to go on and address many of the other needs, and there are many for a Red Sox team that finish in last place. But they've already brought in a handful of people. or We don't know brought in physically in this day of COVID. It may all be done on Zoom meetings and uh, by video conferencing. But they have interviewed a handful of managerial candidates. And these are not big-name guys. Uh, we're not talking about Buck Showalter types or people that are out there, big names that you might recognize. It's people like Don Kelly, who's been a bench coach with the Pittsburgh Pirates and finished a career, a playing career with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, it's someone like uh, uh, Will Venable, who's been a coach with the Chicago Cubs and is the son of former major leaguer Max Venable. Uh, it's uh, people like Luis Urieta, who is particularly interesting because this marks the second time they've spoken to him. Uh, Hein Bloom had Urieta in in January when the vacancy first took place. Uh, ended up not hiring a man, but the fact that he's in a second time uh, leads some people to think that maybe there's uh, where there's smoke, there's fire here. So um, none of the big names, but certainly nonetheless going through the interviewing process. Now, there is a name out there, and I know you've written about this or you wrote about this recently on Boston Sports Journal, of a managerial candidate you think that they would consider, someone uh, with whom Heim Bloom, the general manager, has a history, and that's Matt Quattraro, uh, who is the bench coach of the Tampa Bay Rays. But that doesn't appear like it will or can happen. Yeah, there's a big obstacle in the way there, John. Matt Quattraro is very highly thought of and in many ways would be the perfect candidate for Heimblum to come and manage the Red Sox. He is eminently familiar with them because they worked together for a long time in the Rays organization. Quattraro has done virtually everything you can do uh, from top to bottom in the minor leagues. He has been a, uh, a hitting instructor. He's been a field coordinator. He's been a minor league manager. He's coached on the major league staff with Cleveland and has been the bench coach uh, to Kevin Cash for the last few years, uh, in many ways it lines up perfectly. The problem is, is that when Heim Bloom came to the Red Sox almost exactly a year ago, there was a sort of non-compete put in place uh, between the Red Sox and Rays that stipulated that Bloom could not hire anybody from the Rays, that is front office baseball operation types, or uniform personnel for a period of two years. Now, there remains the outside chance that Bloom, if he is so enamored with Petraro and decides that this is the guy he really wants, he could go back and ask for permission. It's unusual for teams to stand in the way of someone getting a promotion, and this would, of course, be one bench coach to major league manager. But nonetheless, the fact that this provision was agreed upon between the two teams 
suggests that Cotraro is off limits. Well, is this something where if they want it bad enough, compensation can be worked out? That's one uh, possible avenue here. I still think that the Rays um, would like to uh, not be seen as any sort of small market developmental squad for the big market behemoths in their own division. They have always played up that David and Goliath angle, and I don't think they want to be seen as someone who, in the span of a couple of years, lost not only uh, the assistant general manager or the equivalent thereof when Bloom came to Boston, but now also a bench coach. I'd be very surprised if this got any traction. Okay, well, the elephant in the managerial room here uh, we've yet to talk about. Before we do, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here, and that is Roman. Uh, Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm not feeling it, honey. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash socks and complete an online visit. Once again, go to GetRoman.com slash Socks today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Socks. Now, Sean, again, uh, the, the, the name that's nev- not going to go away until he's either hired to be the manager or someone else is, is going to be Alex Cora. And we've talked about this. Uh, you've written about it. It, it, it appears that ownership would certainly welcome Cora back. There's still a question of whether Bloom uh, will or will not. Now, this is really going to happen. I mean, you're going to know a lot more when the World Series is over because Cora's suspension will officially be over, and now technically he could be eligible for this job. Do you think you're going to have we're going to have a clearer picture or a clear picture soon after the World Series concludes on whether or not this is real or not? I would think so, John, because. Game seven, if it were to go that far, would be Wednesday night in Arlington. The next day, Alex Cora is free to pursue employment in baseball again. Uh, so that's right around the corner at this point. And you have to remember that the Red Sox are not the only team in search of a major league manager. The Chicago White Sox are also in the market. And while they have talked to Tony Larusa and some other names that have come up there, There is a connection between the Cora family and Jerry Reinsdorf, the chairman of the White Sox, who very much likes the Cora family. Joey was a player there. He was a coach there. And he knows Alex. So uh, the Red Sox, if they're intent on bringing Alex Cora back, do not have the luxury of waiting around a couple of weeks and continuing through the interview process because there are two other teams, the White Sox and Detroit Tigers, Uh, who might pounce first. And the White Sox is a very attractive position, given the amount of young talent they have, the fact that uh, that team got to the playoffs this year and is definitely on the rise. Uh, The Red Sox are more of a more rebuilding program. So I I think that uh, 
within the next 10 days, we'll have some clarity on what's going to happen with Alex Cora and more specifically whether he's coming back to Boston. Now, when 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 Bloom gave his year-end press conference or after Renicki was dismissed, he did talk about Cora uh, and whether or not they were interested. And everybody seemed to have their own interpretation of what he said and whether or not he was leaving it open or he was kind of shutting the door. So not really clear. Do you have any new feeling or vibe, developing opinion on which way this, this, this might go, just in terms of whether Bloom is open to it at all? I think he's open to it, but I don't think that Alex Cora is necessarily the slam dunk choice for Hein Bloom that it might be for some players and people in the baseball operations department and moving further up the ladder management, uh, senior management, the person of President and CEO Sam Kennedy, and ownership, more specifically John Henry and Tom Warner. There's no doubt that the vast majority of those factions within Fenway would like Alex Cora to come back. He's immensely popular with players, particularly some of the Latino players who he helped kind of mature on the field and off. He certainly has the endorsement of Sam Kennedy and, and as I said, both John Henry and Tom Warner. But if they are to entrust Heim Bloom with running baseball operations, it should be Heim Bloom's choice who to manage, given that ultimately ownership gets to approve whoever he recommends. Um, but I, I just continue to, to walk away from this and think that Heim Bloom says to himself, I don't have that relationship with Alex Cora. I didn't work with him for a number of years. He wasn't my manager when you won a World Series. I have some other people I want to talk to. So that's why I continue to be um, somewhat of a naysayer on whether we're going to have Alex Cora too with the Red Sox. Yeah, and I think I, I would agree, Sean, but I think if Bloom had a here's my guy clear-cut front-runner favorite that he really, really wanted. And let's say it was the Tampa bench coach and he was able to rest him free from the Rays. Then you could, then I could see it. Uh, not that, not, not that I disagree with the notion that he doesn't want a fresh start, but if it's not a slam dunk, gotta have this guy because he's my guy guy. The, the, the pressure from both ownership and players could be enough where it, it seems that Cora could be the guy who slides in. I know Vasquez I, recently was. But, but what we don't know is does Heim Bloom have that guy in mind? Maybe it is Luis Urieta yeah. because he has interviewed him twice now for the same opening. That would right. seem to signal that he really likes him, even if last January was kind of a dry run. Well, it's too close to spring training to bring somebody new in from outside the organization. But let me just get a measure of this guy. Right. Liked what he heard, and now that he's got a second chance to fill this position and he doesn't have the crunch of spring training being two weeks away, maybe Orietta is the guy that he's liked all along. I, I'm not saying that that's the case. But possibly, yeah advocate and saying maybe one of these handful of guys has come in and blown Heim Bloom away and he has a favorite that he's near ready to recommend. We don't know where the process stands.
Okay. So as you said, uh, things will, there'll be a, uh, a lot more clarity in the next week to 10 days for sure on the Alex Cora situation. Um, so we should, we, we should have a better idea then. Uh, want to move on to free agency here. I want to tell everybody uh, at home again about our, another sponsor, uh, our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Uh, football is back in full swing. We're in week seven right now. Um, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on the action with Bet Online. Bet Online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online you can get in on the season opening bonuses today start off wagering on win division championship futures you have it there's all sorts of futures and props mvp anything you want to bet on head to bet online today take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses once again bet online your online sportsbook experts use the code clns50 for 50 percent off your initial deposit now sean let's get into free agency and uh, you wrote about this recently at boston sports journal and you've talked about it you do not expect big splashy moves even though Theoretically, the Red Sox could spend some cash here. You don't see that happening, but the needs here are plenty. And uh, uh, in your most recent article on Boston Sports Journal, your most recent column, you uh, zeroed in on three specific areas of need, uh, center field, second base, and pitching, which we know uh, after watching this year or in case many people chose not to watch this year, that pitching is an issue and then they are going to get some guys back uh, with, with you know who are going to be healthy uh who, who weren't this year so that will help but they still need help there so we'll leave pitching for last let's assume there's not big splashy signings let's start with second base a couple of names out there that you think they could possibly uh they could possibly look at well you can look at a couple of guys like jonathan scope and jonathan vr uh a couple of guys, you know, sort of in their around 30 years of age who are coming off bigger salaries. And a thing to remember here, John, is we don't know what sort of impact the pandemic is going to have on the free agent market. If you right. look at the last two years where the game was much, much healthier and more financially robust, now you've got hundreds of millions of dollars of losses for a lot of franchises no certitude about when fans are going to be back. So how much are teams going to be cutting payroll? How aggressive are teams going to be? Uh, most teams don't telegraph what their payroll is going to be because that is a competitive disadvantage. So we don't know where the Red Sox are headed here. I can't imagine that they're going to go uh, and spend willy-nilly, not only in terms of big names, but in terms of just opening up and, and spending freely because of the constraints that they face. But I think a lot of veteran guys that might otherwise claim two- or three-year deals might have to take a one-year deal. And maybe that's somebody like Scope or VR, uh, a couple of veteran guys who have a little bit of pop, and then you can mix in um, Christian Arroyo and see if he can help out and then see where Jeter Downs is for 2022. I don't think they want to get into any sort of long-term commitments here because they'd be blocking uh, somebody like Jeter Downs, who I think most people view as the second baseman of the future. And I think that same approach applies to center field, which is what I think you're going to get to next. Jackie Bradley Jr. is eligible for free agency, whether he could be brought back on a shorter-term deal maybe even a qualifying offer. That would be a big overpay for one year, 
but it would be just one year, and it would give Jaron Duran, who's the heir apparent in center, kind of a speed and glove guy who is still working on his offensive game, a little bit more time to develop a triple-A. So um, it, it's not a great center field market. Somebody like Kevin Pillar, who was here last year on a short, uh, modest deal, could come back and either play center himself. He certainly has done that. You could move Alex Verdugo over to center and put Pilar in right. Um, but again, not big names or any kind of names that are really going to uh, – you know, shake the foundation here at those two positions. Well, that's a, that's a question uh, you mentioned at second base, you're looking for someone and that's largely because uh, Michael Chavis didn't work out there. Do you see if a future for him anywhere uh, as a, as a, as a regular? I don't think that he's proven that he can be an everyday player. I think he has proven that he can be pretty versatile He has played first base, second base, and in September got a decent amount of playing time in left field. If there's anything we've learned from watching the success of the Tampa Bay Rays, and remember Hein Bloom spent his formative years there, uh, is that versatility and flexibility day-to-day with your position players, having guys that can play two, three, four different positions, has never been more valued in the game So if Chavis can achieve a little bit more consistency as a hitter, the fact that he helps out at a couple of infield spots and can be plugged into at least left field um, makes him, I think, worth keeping, but certainly not anyone that you would head into spring training regarded as a everyday position uh, player or starter. Okay. And then moving on to pitching again, this is, an, a, a, a massive need, uh, and again, you're looking at, you're hoping uh, a healthy Chris Sale, uh, right. a healthy Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, rejoining uh, a rotation uh, with. Uh, you're they thinking, know. no, um, um, Martin Perez, Martin and- Perez, and Avaldi as well, uh, right. and then possibly. You know, the show what he showed late in the year, Tanner Houck, um, makes up five decent pitchers if everybody's at full health and performing up to full capabilities. You you would look at that rotation and say that's competitive, um, but you still think they, they, they need to address some needs here. No question. Uh, again, we see the importance of depth in a rotation. Nobody gets through with even – six or seven starters in a year. Uh, the, the, the feeling is, is that you're probably looking at, you know, eight, nine, or ten guys that are going to rotate through that rotate at some point during the year. What they would like, I think, John, is kind of the right-handed version of Martin Perez from last year. Right. A guy do a reasonable deal of five or six million dollars. He's got an option, which we expect they're going to pick up. But go find someone that maybe didn't have the greatest year but does have a track record uh, of of pitching and succeeding at the major league level as a starter. This does not have to be a frontline guy. It doesn't make sense to go after someone like Trevor Bauer, who's who's either going to get a one-year deal of $30 million or a multi-year deal that's going to be well into nine figures. The Red Sox, A, are not ready to win. So making that kind of one-year commitment on Bauer doesn't make sense. And what got them into this position in the first place are some long-term 
deals that did not turn out well for free agent pitchers like David Price and, to a lesser extent, extending Chris Sale. So it, it strikes me that the last thing that Hein Bloom wants to do is get right back into the thing that sunk the Red Sox and resulted in him being hired in the first place. So I think, you know, you look at somebody like Taiwan Walker, who got traded from Seattle to Toronto at mid-year and pitched pretty well in the division, uh, a guy that could be had for a, a pretty affordable number. Somebody like Kevin Gaussman, who bounced back nicely last year with the San Francisco Giants. Again, someone who's pitched in this division. You know, he came up through, with Baltimore a number yeah. of years there. Um, so those are the types of guys uh, I think they're going to be focused on, not people that are going to have you storming the ticket window, if those ticket windows open at all this winter, but that can provide important depth, and, and that's uh, obviously a big need here. And with Walker and Gossman, you're talking guys with, with major league blue chip pedigrees who at one point were viewed as potential you know, uh, organizational aces for their right. respective teams. Right. Um, and so you're always hoping you can tap back into that magic with, with a player like that. Right. And in this era of analytics and, and high-volume data examination, everyone thinks, well, if we just get this guy to – throw his cutter 32% more, uh, you know, his exit velocity um, on balls hit against him last year was a career low. You can talk yourself into anything. Yeah, in the but it might work for us, you know. Right. Everybody else has <laughs> to take them the right approach, but we're smarter than everybody. Yeah. And if we get him here, we're going to turn him into an all-star. You've heard of Socrates, Plato? In thinking that, it happens with most franchises. Yeah, you know, and and everybody, and that's what's so enticing and alluring about those those blue chip sort of talents. There's another guy you mentioned in your column, uh, and an interesting little tidbit about why it might work here is somebody we haven't heard from in a couple of years, but Corey Kluber. Yeah, he's he's pitched I think six games over the last two years. He's a guy that's won the Cy Young Award and is still relatively young. Um, he may not even be counted on to be ready at the start of the year, but it could be one of those make good, buy low, uh, and realize a big yield. And the hook is that um, most people don't know this, is that Corey Kluber spends a good deal of his offseason in the suburbs of Boston because that's where his wife's family is from. And uh, so that would be a natural hook for him that, uh, uh, then again, I mean, you know, some people might not see spending the whole year near their in-laws as a necessarily positive development, but assuming that he gets along well with them, uh, the fact that uh, he has trained here a lot in the offseason, you know, would, would make him an interesting guy. Again, probably not ready for the start of the year, but if he's healthy at the all-star break, that's a nice piece to plug in. And again, this is a guy who hasn't pitched a lick in two years, but the last full season he threw, he was third in the American League Cy Young voting, won it the year before, third the year before that. So again, the last time this person pitched, they were right. among the best pitchers in, in baseball. So again, you don't know what's left there uh, bouncing back off of two years. Which suburb, Sean, I'm wondering, is, is there anything I can do here? Uh, it's Winchester, I oh, believe. No, okay. I can't get there. All right. <laughs> too, too. He's not even in your Tony neck of the woods. <laughs> too far. It's too far. 
<laughs> one town over, I might have considered it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so we'll see what happens. And again, everything's going to ramp up as a World Series uh, winds down here. So uh, a lot of dominoes will start to fall. And I'm sure we'll talk with you again uh, as as everything starts to kind of happen. But uh, again, this is uh, the Red Sox Beat Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. A shout out once again to our sponsors, Roman. Uh, go to roman.com slash socks today. $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Once again, roman.com slash socks and of course our exclusive wagering partners betonline.ag head to betonline.ag use the promo code clns50 for 50 percent off your initial deposit sean thanks a lot for joining us my pleasure john hey!